stop mo hello stop mo hello stop mo welcome to hello stop mo an educational limited series created and hosted by me alexis dupre and me casey Folin. we are here to empower you with introductory knowledge of the stop motion industry to help reduce barriers of entry for newcomers as well as demystify how to navigate this career this podcast is made in partnership with Animation Wildcard and the Ink and Paint Folk podcast. Huzzah! Hello, stop mo. Hello, stop mo. Our first episode is a little bit special because it will also be landing in the Ink and Paint Folk podcast feed and will be introduced by me, Cassie Soliday. I first met Alexis and Casey when I interviewed them last year about their animation collective, Animation Wildcard. Great episode, five out of five stars. Highly recommend. <laughs> so to kick us off, let's meet your hosts. Well, I will go first. Uh, my name is Casey Fullen, and I manage stop motion and mixed media productions in Los Angeles. Uh, Catalyst Castle Studios is my freelance brand, and I also teach at the College of Creative Studies. And I am a co-founder and project organizer of Animation Wildcard. Sweet. Very cool. Thank you. (laughs) My name is Alexis Dupre, and I am a freelance stop-motion production designer and art director. I also own and run a boutique stop-motion studio with my husband, Scott Duras, called Redwood. And I'm a co-founder and project organizer of Animation Wildcard. Awesome. I love the words boutique stop-motion studio, so I can't wait to dive into that later (laughs) in the series. Uh, Yes, definitely. (laughs) I think it's another way of saying we're tiny. So tiny. <laughs> and it's funny because the stop motion studios that get the bigger work are still really tiny themselves. <laughs> yeah. Such a small niche, a niche, niche of the, of the mm-hmm. bigger niche? industry, right? So what is Animation Wildcard? You both mention it, but what is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like we should reintroduce it because we... You know, we were on Ink and Paint Folk before and chatting about Wildcard, but that was a while ago. It was. And it's like a kind of a little bit different now, too. Oh, interesting. Come a long way in a year. <laughs> yeah, it's evolved a bit over time. I mean, the reason why we started it initially was because of lockdown and all of our friends and fellow animators were out of work because stop motion is an in-person type of job and you can't really do it from home unless you're just making your own stuff and so we decided that would be really cool if everyone started making their own stuff and we put it all in one place yeah yeah so we you know reached out to all our friends who were very suddenly out of work (laughs) and um you know asked if they wanted to you know pull all their short short animations together into episodes and that's really where wildcard started we were going to do one episode and Mm -hmm. it was just you know what you had on hand we could like at that point stores were closed you couldn't go anywhere right and we didn't know like everything was so up in the air as to like what was contagion and what wasn't so it was like please stay home and just use whatever you got yeah so we started out it was almost like a challenge like mm-hmm. the, we had like these kind of short time frames and it was just like use what you got and make it was two what weeks. you can yeah it was make a short weeks. in two weeks and people totally did it and it was really fun and yeah we were just gonna make one episode and then it it kind of it kind of spiraled. Spiraled in a good way. <laughs> in a good way because some, you know, some people didn't finish their shorts and, you know, it that was totally fine. That was kind of part of the process. That's how episode two happened. Yeah. And, you know, early pandemic was like, it was a real tough 
for people. Yeah. So if this was good for you to make work on your own, like go for it. And we mm-hmm. would be, you know, a supportive community for that. And if it was just, you know, trying, that was plenty. So yeah. we ended up making, um, you know, second episode with some of the people who weren't able to finish in time. And it, we are working on, we're midway through season two now. So lots of episodes have, have happened since then. Mm-hmm. It's true. And we also, speaking of community, we have a discord space, which is how we were supporting each other in the very, very beginning too. Cause it was just like, you know, obviously no one had ever dealt with something like that before. So we were just very chatty in that space and like able to kind of keep each other afloat and, you know, encourage everyone as they were making stuff from home, like maybe they've never done lighting before or having a camera issue or things like that. So it's like, it was sort of like a mind meld where we'd all be able to like answer questions if we had some information to provide from making stuff at home before. Most of us hadn't had a chance to make short films either since college or being on a hiatus or something like that. So it's, it had been a while for a lot of folks. And so it was like kind of also dusting off the cobwebs and like getting back into the groove of making your own work. And, and it, and it was making people happier in the beginning while they were stuck at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a really great outlet. And I think that was one of the more jarring parts of uh, quote unquote early pandemic was that we mm-hmm. kind of all lost our creative communities, like our in-person communities. Yes. And this was, you know, wildcard was something that we could do to kind of bring our, our people together. And since then, mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely grown from our little bubble of people that we knew making shorts. And now, you know, we have animators from all over the world submitting shorts and it's, it's been really cool to see it, it grow to where it is now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And now we have themes too. <laughs> we have themes. <laughs> totally, totally. And yeah, that was, we met with uh, Cassie on Ink and Paintful just to you know, promote season one and get more eyes on the work of all these animators. Mm -hmm. And that kind of led to this idea for this podcast series focusing on stop motion. Yeah, Cassie, how many people have you interviewed anyone who had done stop motion before us or was or were we were first like stop motion people because it was me, you, uh, Casey and Cami, who is now mostly like an advisor for animation wildcard their apartment d is in a bit more of an advisor role at this point for animation wildcard Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah you guys were the first um stop motion people i interviewed although i had i had a couple people on my list to reach out to but i i kept getting like because i usually reach out to people i know to be quite honest and i was just like always so sheepish Mm -hmm. about reaching out to these like superstars in stop motion and i was like i want to and i haven't yet Oh, we have so many people you should interview. Oh, I would love to. We will share. We will share. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it all kind of started because we made our we made a very official press release for Wildcard. Yes, again, getting the word out about it. So more of um again, more eyeballs on, on these animators' work and thank you for my cousin Michael. Yes, thank you, Michael, very much, uh, for helping us with PR in general. Just yes. hearts all around. <laughs> But I think when we sent it to you, Cassie, we were like, maybe Cassie will mention us in the podcast. And then. Yeah, we we did not expect to be interviewed at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I thought it was so cool and it'd be better to interview you about it than to just talk about it. I I think that ended up being a great solution, but it was just still kind of such a surprise. I was like so impressed. I was like, wow, a real press release. (laughs) 
<laughs> you were so professional and it was so clear and concise. And I was like, yes, let's talk more about this. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we were definitely nervous to just, you know, record the one interview, but, mm -hmm. you know, we had so much to talk about. And I, mm -hmm. afterwards, Cassie, you, you mentioned like, oh, you could do a series of like intro to stop motion. And we were like, yeah, we want to do that. <laughs> I mean, like everything you were talking about, although like I have the animation background and understand like 2D and CD pipelines, it was still like, it's hard to wrap your head around like building everything by hand and having to like design sure. with like engineering the stuff in mind. And so like, it's, it's just a different yeah. beast within animation. So it feels like it should be its own podcast and there's nothing else like and it out there is. right now as well. So I'm so happy that you guys are doing it. Yeah, it's Yay. like a, a niche within a niche. And it's mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to get kind of introductory information about it um, without kind of going the like college route. So we really wanted to put something together that, you know, would be a resource for people. And that's something that, you know, really sprouts from the like ethos of Wildcard is wanting to mm -hmm. be a platform for new filmmakers and to get more voices heard. So, you know, Lex and I, it Wildcard is open to, you know, any any medium of animation, but Lex and I know an awful lot about stop motion. So we thought yes. this is something that we can, you know, really do and and hopefully it'll help a lot mm -hmm. of people. And it had a very strong start in stop motion just because it was like our original network. So a lot of the folks who are making work were just by default stop motion. So I think it got a lot of ground coverage there. And then we realized also over the course of the pandemic and, you know, seeing people like posting new things um, that were fans of Animation Wildcard or we were fans of them eventually, they had learned how to do stop motion like during the pandemic. And like that was also pretty fascinating to watch how many people picked up stop motion as kind of a hobby to mm -hmm. keep themselves busy and like learn a new like art form. Hello, stop mo. Hello, stop mo. I feel like we should talk about like what is stop motion before we get too deep into it, you know? Because yes. I think we really want this to be accessible for people who are brand new. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure, um, you know, many people have an idea of it. Like Lex, what do you, how do you define stop motion? Pretty much stop motion is taking pictures every frame and playing them back to see animation and what's in that frame could be a variety of things and each of those are sort of a subset of what stop motion is so if you were to do um, a general puppet we would probably call that stop motion if you were doing a puppet made out of clay or you know even just a blob of clay that would be called claymation then there's also like paper cutout animation and which I this kind of self-explanatory it's paper and it's cut out and it's animated <laughs> um <laughs> and then this one kind of doesn't track for words but it's called pixelation <laughs> and that's like if you put a human as your subject and they're your puppet which sounds a little <laughs> bit <creepy>. <laughs> but so many people do it because it's mm -hmm. like well I have me to work with so or I have my significant roommate. other <laughs> yeah yeah 
roommate, significant other, parent. My first pixelation subject was definitely my Aww. mom. Oh, that's sorry, really mom. <laughs> that's adorable. Oh god, yeah. Okay, oh, Casey, you you describe the rest. There's so it many was more. it was bad. Um, but it's okay. It's you okay. gotta learn somehow. There's lots of other um kind of terms that that come up, but um they're kind of more in a historical context. But sure, I think you know you describe stop motion really well, Lex. I think something I I tell people that um maybe don't know animation as much, but like they've watched an animated movie and they've seen like you know the Disney behind the scenes of like you know the an- paper animation going by over you know people flipping through their animation. Mm-hmm. It's like instead of a drawing. And then another drawing, another drawing. Instead of that, it's pictures. And stop motion, you know, these different terms that Lex was mentioning, like claymation or cutout animation, it's just kind of the difference of what it is that you're taking a picture Mm -hmm. of. And um, yeah, it's just, um, I think the only other thing to mention is it's it's not um, time-lapse photography, which is, it's just a little bit um, different than that. Well, time lapse is like you set up a camera and you set it to take photos at certain intervals. So say they take a shot every 15 seconds and you're doing a sunset. So it'll take a a photo every 15 seconds of that sunset. And when you play it back, it'll kind of look like stop motion just because the frame rate is really, really low. Yeah, it's like video with less frames. (laughs) You're not physically like manipulating that. So then Mm -hmm. that means it's not stop motion. Like you actually have to physically manipulate the subject in front of the Mm -hmm. camera for it to be stop motion. Yeah, that's true. So do you have any examples for, um, you know, if anyone's never heard of this, they might have seen it. Do you have any titles? Oh, totally. Sure. I think, you know, when you're young, <laughs> animation, it's just like, it's just animation, you know? It's something mm-hmm. that you saw and you maybe didn't have a, a term for it. It Like, it wasn't video. It wasn't live action. It was this other thing. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people kind of miss, don't realize something is stop motion. Yeah. 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 I yeah. mean, I think one of the biggest, like, the quintessential stop motion that people remember is Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> for mm-hmm. sure and I think uh, that's just like the ongoing joke in stop motion is like it's Christmas in July at every studio because mm-hmm. we're making that like Christmas stop motion special that whatever client is like I want it to look like Rudolph <laughs> and Rankin but and they Bass, don't you know? really want it to <laughs> no I mean they, they do but it's like it's just not they yeah, want it to was... be stop motion. They don't necessarily want it stylistically to look like Rudolph. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes up every from time to time, but it's yeah, we make a lot of Christmassy stop motion yes. stuff. <laughs> or wintery, I should say. I think I think there's a lot of different types of holiday specials we do. Sure. Black, what's something that um is stop motion that you kind of think of? Well, I mean, I think another really prominent one is Gumby. I feel like that's the easiest one to reference for folks who grew up with that, which is, you know, a much earlier version of stop motion. So like, you know, if my parents' generation is ever asking me, like, what is it you do? I'm like, I do stop motion. They're like, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, yes, you do. I'm like, have you seen Gumby? And they're like, oh, my goodness. So that usually is a big trigger. Mm -hmm. Then there's also like Nightmare Before Christmas, which is pretty common with like our generation. Um, and Coraline even, which is maybe just a little bit after that, like by 15 years or so. So, mm-hmm. um, and then there's some in the middle, like Chicken Run and Shaun the Sheep and Wallace and Gromit, which all came from Ardman, 
studios in the UK, but those are also like very iconic because they all have a very similar style and aesthetic. So you can tell where they came from. Yeah, I bet kind of anyone listening would, would be able to think of, you know, one of those um, films or projects and be like, oh, yeah, sure. I got it. I got it. Get established. <laughs> and you know what? If animation, like film and television really isn't your thing, there's so much stop motion and like old creature features. So like mm. stop motion special effects are a big thing for mm-hmm. a long time. And so... If you were into like, you know, Harryhausen movies, there's lots of stop motion in those. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have a feeling we're going to do a huge deep dive when we get to our like history episodes. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't wait. (laughs) Uh, Tune in. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. So I think that's a pretty good example of you've definitely seen stop motion. We just have to like call it out possibly Mm -hmm. for you. And in Mm -hmm. terms of like Mm -hmm. the industry, like what cities are kind of like industry hubs? Right. Well, I think that's a good, good, like, I have a tangential (laughs) point is that I think Lex and I are coming to this from this kind of, you know, U.S. perspective on stop Mm -hmm. motion. And that's kind of not a caveat, but just just so you all know our perspective um, when we're sharing, you know, educational resources on that our background is kind of based in you know, how stop motion and the industry is in in the United States. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of crossover as like, you can kind of tell like when you see work from other places and you see their behind the scenes, you're like, oh yeah, that looks pretty similar. If not the same, it's like the departments might be named something different or the, um, the positions might be named simply different or their, their responsibilities are slightly different, but for the most part, like everything is fairly similar in Mm -hmm. terms of how it works. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in the U S you know, Things are very similar city to city, but it's more about like the structure of what you're making that's different. And so that can Mm -hmm. be like the difference between if in that town they're making more features or more episodic projects or more short form or commercials. And when you mean episodic, you basically mean television shows. Yes. Like um, Like it has episodes. Episodes or series. Yeah. Yeah. But now series, like you could have a series on YouTube too. So this is true. I think episode, I mean like on Netflix or on the cable for those people who have cable, cable. <laughs> i mean cable. any of the streaming platforms too is mm-hmm. still considered television so i feel like there's a gray area for youtube and i still kind of call it tv <laughs> yeah just usually has a smaller budget <laughs> yeah yeah this is a money thing anywho uh <laughs> in i mean new york is mostly short form and commercial. Yeah, and very commercial, yeah. Which is really fun for people who want to work in a lot of different styles mm-hmm. because they're commercials. There's a lot of development time in, like, the look of something, usually. Whereas in episodic, you kind of develop that look and then you execute it over a long period of time. Yeah. So that's just something that I found was fun when I was working in New York. There's lots sure. of different styles. And then, yeah, um, LA. What do you think about LA, Lex? Well, I mean, I think you kind of mentioned it a little bit, like when you move to work into like episodic television-ish based mediums, that is where we met, which was in LA. And we did primarily work on television shows or short series. We did do commercial work, but it was primarily television work. Mm -hmm. And it does run for longer, but it's at a much faster pace. So that's like an interesting caveat. But then also there's, you know, features which some have been shot in LA, but I'd say more of them are shot in Portland. Mm-hmm. And I kind of have a theory as to why all these places have become specialists in these things. Ooh, <laughs> what is your theory? I think it's because real estate is at a premium 
And so you need to have like a high paying client to be in somewhere very expensive like New York. And if you really only have a small square footage to work in, you can't run like, you know, 10 to 20 stages at the same time like you can in LA or Portland. So it's probably would be really expensive and difficult to make a long running television show in New York as opposed Mm -hmm. to like LA or Portland. Oh my gosh. And I would say Portland does all of the things. They also do commercials and they do television series, but um, because features are so long, like you can be on a feature for like, you know, two to three years Mm -hmm. as opposed to a television show, which is like usually just under a year. More in like the the months, you know? Right, right. It, It needs to be somewhere that you can afford to be there with like 20 plus stages for an extended period of time. So I mean, Portland's getting way more expensive now, but, you know, yeah. as those those studios developed, like, they definitely had a lot more space and time to work with up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder where That's we're going to move next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, in summary, yeah, Portland is more feature and a few commercial shops and LA mm-hmm. is a little bit of everything, but kind yep. of driven by episodic. Yep. And then New York is more commercials in short form. Mm-hmm. And Lex, you were mentioning space in a premium in New York City. Yeah. New mm-hmm. York was like the most modular studios I've ever been in. <laughs> I need to know more because I love a good system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, it was so fun. (laughs) So for for me, I was just like, I was new and (laughs) I was like, whoa, you just totally like remade your space. So yeah, you would fabricate in the same space you would shoot in, but you would totally like convert the space. So Ah, it's challenging. (laughs) And that we're so used to when you're making a show that like fabrication will overlap with shooting for a period of time but there it was really like you build everything and then you paint everything and then oh, that makes me so anxious and then <laughs> you stop and then you shoot everything <laughs> i mean that's brilliant but it also makes me anxious yeah yeah i mean they're on top of their game it worked out all right Hell yeah. <laughs> so this is a lot uh a lot of new terms a lot of very specific references and you're going to go into all of this even more throughout the series. Definitely. Can we get an overview of like what to expect for the rest of Hello Stopmo? Absolutely. Also, I would say because we did just throw out a bunch of terms, we will make a glossary of terms for anybody who's listening along and needs a quick reference of like, what does this thing mean? And then we can explain it briefly. So that way, when we come across it again, you'll know. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll try and do our best to explain as we go as well. (laughs) Yeah, we'll include it in the episode resources. People will love that. Mm -hmm. People will love it. (laughs) You're going to expand your weird vocabulary. (laughs) (laughs) Just be thrown around. I'm trying to think of what terms we've introduced. (laughs) I, I'm sure there's already been. It's so jargony. Pixelation. The audience know, is going to go to these mixers and okay. throw these terms around, and everyone's going to be like, wow, they really know what they're talking about. Wow. <laughs> Do you know their stuff? Like, it's so smart. Yeah. Hello, stop mo. Hello, stop mo. Oh, yes. But okay, so what can people expect from this series? Uh. Oh. Okay. Well, I mean, first we're going to talk about just getting started and how to get mm-hmm. started on your own. Um, yes. I think I think we think that's kind of the most important part is just getting your feet wet, shooting some frames and making some Learning how it all works. Mm-hmm. And you'll learn so much from just, you know, your first, first little projects, first little tests. Um, that's definitely the place to get started. 
And we have a lot of suggestions how to start on the cheap too. So you don't even, it's not even a very big like investment startup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just I mean, to get going. Stop motion is definitely one of the more like accessible, honestly, one of the most accessible forms of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. We might be biased, but we'll show I'm absolutely you why. Biased, but I also very <laughs> much believe in this. <laughs> yeah. Especially for animation. Definitely one of the mm-hmm. most. Um, because you don't have to know how to draw and you don't need a heavy package of software running on a robust computer. Really all you need is your phone and something you want to start learning how to animate, which could be a toy. Totally. That's how a lot of people started. Yeah. And I think that's how we'll we'll get started in the series. And then beyond that, we'll, you know, give you some resources to, you know, where you can learn more and some different paths mm-hmm. to consider because there are, you know, some different ways to go about that. Mm-hmm. Tips and tricks also, just to make mm-hmm. sure it's like you're practicing the right things at the right time and the right sequence. It'll be mm-hmm. great. It'll be great. It will be. It'll make your stuff stand out and look yeah. super spiffy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm That's a spiffy animation. <laughs> and then also we want to kind of describe, you know, what are what's the process? What what's the pipeline for making stop motion happen? Like what mm-hmm. where does it start? What's in the middle and how does it end? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a pipeline is like another one of those industry terms that we will um you know, elaborate on as we get uh, deeper into, yeah, those steps that Lex was talking about. So not only the pipeline, but we're also going to talk about some different roles that exist in stop motion. So like if animation you find out really isn't your thing, but you really love the process, like there's probably someplace in the pipeline in those roles that already exist that would be a perfect fit for you. Yeah, totally. I mean, Lex and I have worked at you know, studios for years and we weren't animators at those nope. studios. We were in the art department nope. or we were doing other things. I was, you know, more on the management side too. So there's lots of different paths you can take. Mm-hmm. It need, mm-hmm. It's like a whole ecosystem and there's a lot of supporting cast that need to be involved to make it all happen in the end. And speaking of those folks that we have worked with and carefully cultivated relationships with, <laughs> we get to interview Casey's boss, old boss, current <laughs> Don't call uh, me old. <laughs> no, well, I'm kidding. I didn't mean age wise. I just meant like previous, previous <laughs> boss, previous and current ish boss, Seamus, because we can get real nerdy with Seamus about history of stop motion. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a fun episode. Yeah, he is like an expert. So we're very fortunate that he'll be chatting with us about stop motion history. Also, an expert that we did not mention is um, our friend Muse, who's going to be chatting with us when we talk about education paths so i don't want to yes. don't want to don't want to not mention me say it's gonna be it's gonna be a really cool episode. yes because he is a statmo teacher extraordinaire which is mm-hmm. very exciting mm-hmm. and a wonderful director as well yes and super supportive i think that's i mean just an overarching theme of all the folks that we love working with is that like it really is a very supportive environment and like people pass down their skills to you so like these are two folks that we do look up to and mm-hmm. helped us along our paths as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're super happy to include them and to introduce you to them as well. Absolutely. Later in the series, we will then go into real world and professional practice in the stop motion industry. So we'll be talking about uh, professional and portfolio readiness and networking. Mm-hmm. That's a big step. Mm-hmm. After mm-hmm. you get all that practice in, now it's time to show people what you can do. Yeah. 
Yes, you have to share. And once you've done all that networking, we will talk about starting out in your first industry role. Um, so you've networked and then mm-hmm. you got your first gig. You landed. Now, mm-hmm. how do you get more? How do you get more? So we'll talk about continuing to get work and some of the things that you can expect to be doing in your career to continue to work in stop motion. Yeah, because it's a real mm-hmm. job. It's a real job. Totally. It is. Yeah, we've been doing it. For a long time. Mm. (laughs) Uh, But then also there are breaks in between. So then you want to talk about, you know, okay, what is it like to navigate a hiatus? Um, What should you do to fill your time or continue your education or even fulfill yourself creatively? So we talk about all that stuff too, which is, you know, really helpful because sometimes those hiatuses can sneak up on you and then they get real confusing real quick if you don't have a plan. Yeah, and hiatuses is when, like, the space between jobs. Ugh. So you might be looking for a job or waiting for the next season, like, in TV to be greenlit. Thanks, Cassie. <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't come through. So, yeah, just putting that out there for anyone who hasn't heard that word yet. Good glossary catch. Yeah, yeah. It's your, <laughs> it's your break. It can be something you're very happy to have or something you're like, oh, no, I don't have work. So, It's something that rarely gets talked about in school. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, these are topics that I really wish someone had maybe talked to me about before. Absolutely. When we hit our first hiatus, it was like shocking and terrifying. And I wish I could have managed things a little bit better to understand that it was coming also. Because Mm -hmm. projects end. And then that means your job doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, they don't have to be scary. But it doesn't mean you're not going to get another one. (laughs) No, it definitely doesn't. And then mm-hmm. that's kind of leads into the the last topic we're going to cover is, you know, managing your career kind of mm-hmm. in a more like long term lens. Mm-hmm. And then our thoughts on, you know, the future of stop motion and, and what you can do once you're kind of in it. Because it's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we like stop motion. I don't know if um, you got that. We like it no, a lot. I don't think so. I don't think we're enthusiastic um, enough. <laughs> we're, we, we love yeah. So this series is so great because everything you just described is literally the manual on how to make it happen. So many times in my career, I'm like, why can't I just have a manual? And like, this is it, <laughs> you know? So this is so great. Thanks, Cassie. <laughs> that, that, that means a lot. <laughs> Hello, stop. Hello, stop mouth. So I feel like we've gotten to, you know, a good sense of your personalities and that you love self-motion and you're, and you're very qualified <laughs> to host. But who are you as people? As people. Oh goodness. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's it's definitely, I would find it helpful as a listener to like know about the background of the host and maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more about our career paths and, you know, how we got to where we are today. So tell us, Casey, what about you? Me first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, where do I begin? I am from Michigan. <laughs> the very beginning. <laughs> My origin story is. Um, yeah, I'm originally from Michigan. Um, when I left high school, I had an interest in pursuing both uh, visual art and music and started out going to um, Michigan State University and then transferred to CCS, which is the College for Creative Studies, which is also where I currently teach. <laughs> Heck yeah. And um, I got my Bachelor in Fine Arts or BFA, as people say, <laughs> in animation with a concentration in business from that school. 
Um, while I was in school, I studied abroad. There's so many things I could like totally tangent on, but okay, I studied abroad. <laughs> I started a student chapter of Women in Animation in Detroit. Good call. And I interned a lot. Also a good call. A lot, a lot, um, which I think we will get into more in this series. But yeah, after school, I started out more on the art department side of stop motion and went to work at a studio that I had interned at called Hornet Inc. in New York City, um, which is the place I referenced that had a super modular studio um, in Dumbo, Brooklyn. It was beautiful. So cool. Yeah, after that, I, yeah, so cool. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see it now. (laughs) I felt like such like a city slicker, you know. (laughs) I made it in the big city. Yeah, yeah. I um, I think I watched a lot of Friends when I first moved there. Aww. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's nothing That's like, like the most adorable. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's nothing it. like it, but it. You know, I had like you know when you have a goal and then you're in the goal and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I I've made thing. it. I'm I got a job. Anywho, I mean, that's after a huge. Yeah, that's a huge thing. Continue. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> Continue. Sorry, I remember my story about myself over I'm here. Sorry, Casey. I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, and then I moved to LA after that, um, and started working at Stupid Buddy Studios, which is where I met Lex. Yay! Um, yay! It was uh, fortuitous <laughs> for sure. And um, while I was at Buddy, I transitioned more into the production management path um, within stop motion. And that's um, when we became super tight. Yeah, we're super tight now. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good team. No, that was we shared a very, very, very tiny office. And, yeah, with a lot of and, people in it. <laughs> yeah, we like we were I think we rebuilt it to fit one more desk that should not have fit. <laughs> no, there was like five of us in there and it was the size of a large closet. Yes. It would not fly during COVID times, but it was a closet. Definitely not. <laughs> But it, you know, it had office. It had a door and everything. It was, it was great. It was you nice. know, it was, it was really nice. nice. Mm, cozy, as they say. A few studios I've worked at um, that I didn't mention are screen novelties. I worked at Netflix, uh, Jib Jab, the Kyoto Brothers, Starburns, Full Screen, and Hornet Inc. I might be forgetting some. If I am, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've worked on a lot of projects. Um, they go by pretty quickly um, in LA, mm-hmm. so um, I won't I won't list them all. But a few that you might have heard of are um, well, SpongeBob. I worked on a few SpongeBob properties, and uh, Robot Chicken, and mm-hmm. um, the, oh, this special it was um, Invader Zim Enter the Florpus, which people saw and that was fun. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> um, ask the Storybots. A lot of people have heard of that. Um, and from there, you know, lots of short form stuff. Um, so commercials, including like for Fortnite and um, AT&T, lots of stuff for Honda and Mattel and Hasbro. So anybody who's making toys, we're making stop motion. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm sure, Lexi, you have a lot of overlap in there, too. Oh, you know. Oh, you know. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say more, but they haven't been released yet, so I can't. Um, but yeah, anyway, these days I'm teaching at the College of Creative Studies. 
uh, formerly taught at the Laguna College of Art and Design, working on Animation Wildcard and organizing that big project that we've told you all about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think recently kind of the biggest thing is that I've left full-time studio work to really focus on my freelance brand called Catalyst Castle Studios. So that's kind of then and now <laughs> for me. Wow. Well, Lex, what about you? I guess it is my turn. Where did you start out? How are you where you are? I started out... Well, I'll say in college, I went for illustration, which, you know, is a good start. And I really appreciate all the stuff that I learned. I had an excellent professor named Coralyn Dibler, and she really wanted us to push ourselves in illustration because mm-hmm. she didn't want to see the same stuff over and over again. Everyone thought like watercolor and pencils was like the place to be. And I was like, okay, well, there are other things you can do in illustration. <laughs> so that's when I kind of like, was like, all right. You want me to try something new? Here I go. And I started, you know, making these crazy like 3D illustration things that like, I will say my skill set has significantly increased since college. So they were not great, but they were a great start for me to start learning how to work in three dimensional space. And I got a really good concentration in my senior thesis by writing and illustrating my own children's book in pretty much a stop motion setup. It was like I had puppets, I had costumes, there were costume changes, there were backgrounds. Like I went like all out for this thing and I was super excited. (laughs) (laughs) So like, she was like, oh my, like this is, I mean, she was like very excited about it too. But then she was like, I think I need to put you in touch with this guy, Mike Bannon, who became my stop motion dad pretty much. And also my husband stop motion dad, because we both ended up there at Bob's Discount Furniture in Connecticut, um, which is where their HQ was. And they made stop motion ads for this furniture company. I was about to ask. It's like, I feel like we need to clarify that transition. Why was I at a furniture company? Because they were making stop motion. And Mm. It was so crazy that it was in Connecticut. And without Mike, I don't think I would have learned or gotten excited about stop motion because it just completely wasn't on my radar. I was in illustration. I wasn't doing animation at all. And so he really nurtured that for definitely for Scott and a little bit for me. And then Scott Scott and I started, well, dating at work. Whoops. And then we started... <laughs> I don't know how that happened. <laughs> yeah. We we started making shorts in like our apartment and it was because, you know, we were doing work during the day, but like we really wanted to tell stories that weren't just commercials selling product, which at the moment like just we were like, what else can we do kind of thing? Because, you know, when you're young and excited, a, a steady job with a 401k is not exciting right you away. You had a 401? I had a 401. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, I walked away from all that because I was like, I'm going to go make stuff elsewhere. So Scott got a job um, at Stupid Buddy in LA because of a lovely connection that we had with Mike and mm-hmm. and because of putting in a lot of work outside of of being on the job in Connecticut. And I hopped in and started interning from, and I just restarted my my career the minute I got to LA and hopped in the art department because there were so many areas I was interested in and like I funneled it to the art department. And I was like, this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And 
And so from there, I just worked really hard and I asked a lot of questions to a lot of people around me, worked my way up, did a lot of seasons of Robot Chicken. And by the end, I was running their art department and was their art director for Robot Chicken. And that was like a really crazy evolution. And it was, I just, I learned so much while I was at Stupid Buddy. And it was really like the environment and the people that were there. And at a certain point, you know, I had outgrown what I was doing there as well and wanted to get into more like production design and just see what what other options there were for me. So I started taking on work um, outside of the television area and did some commercials with Buck Design Inc. And Mm -hmm. then I started working on toy stuff as well, (laughs) a lot Mm -hmm. of Mattel stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of that was live action too. Um, so it's like the kinds that you see like hands in there with the toys, but it's all still miniatures because that's the stuff that I love. Like it makes me go, ah, they're so cute when I can hold a bunch of props in my hand. (laughs) Little stuff stuff is the cutest. It's so cute. Let's be real here. That's what we're in it for. That is what I'm in it for. (laughs) And then... Let's see. You know, Scott and I have always made stuff on the side, too, and we just really wanted to spread our wings with that stuff. So once I sort of split from the, like, long-term studio work and went freelance, then it really made sense to start trying to push us to work together a little bit more frequently. And once COVID hit and all this stuff was happening, we were just like, you know what? It's time to leave. It's time to start our, our studio that we have talked about forever and just do our own thing. And so that's what we are now doing currently in the Catskills of New York in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but we're working and we've we've finished several projects at this point and we've been here for about a year. And I can't believe that that happened. And I, I still kind of need to pinch myself, but I just finished a project as well, which is very exciting. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. It was really no. hard. <laughs> it is. It is really hard, especially you know when you're you know off on your own in mm-hmm. uh, literally the middle of nowhere. So many times yeah. you've told me you're like, oh, I have to go get. What did you have to get? You had to get like a certain color of sharpie, and you had to drive like hours away. <laughs> or, yeah, I had wow, to go like an hour and a half away. I was like, what? Anyway, that's amazing. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just so, on the, that's a big move. That's a big step. A big and, you know, you and Scott are doing awesome out there. So far, so good. Fingers crossed it continues. You know. Oh, yeah. And now we make Animation <laughs> World Card. I mean, Animation <laughs> World Card was in that last crazy chunk where we decided to split off and COVID happened. Mm. So, yeah, I think COVID kind of, you know, brought about a lot of changes for a lot of people. So, there's a big perspective shift, I think, that happened. I think so, yeah. I mean, it obviously super challenging and not mm-hmm. good in a lot of ways, Mm-mm. but I think it, it made people make some decisions too. So, yeah. We yeah. certainly did. <laughs> yeah. I think it was a moment to kind of reset because it was like, you're not doing anything at the moment and you really need to think long and hard about what you want to continue to do at this point Mm -hmm. because it also wasn't super clear that the work was going to come back like in the way that it was before so Mm -hmm. we just knew we needed to be a lot more self-reliant and be able to do things on our own Mm -hmm. which is what this is about and what animation wildcard is about 
I feel like we're really living our ethos right now. <laughs> we are. We are. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely in line with Wildcard and with, you know, this podcast series that we're putting together. And we're just so, like, excited and proud. Grateful. And grateful, yes. yeah, to be able to. All those things. Uh, to be able to do this and and we hope we hope the people listening will find this very helpful and we have a lot of good information to bring bring to you and thank you so much Cassie for suggesting this because I don't know if Casey and I would have come to this conclusion or idea on our own but really like it was one of those moments of where like you hear this voice and they're saying like hey you have something to offer here and you're like oh oh I can do this and, and I think that's just what we needed to hear so we could organize ourselves and try and make something for other folks to help them get through some stuff. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, in college, they had two stop motion classes, and the only reason we got the second one was because we petitioned <laughs> for it. So, like, yeah. there's more gotta... going to be in this <laughs> podcast than I, I learned in college. Oh and Judy. not everyone can afford to go to college. Right. No, and no, and that's sort can. of our approach about this too, is like if it can be supplemental or if, you know, there are plenty of folks who come into stop motion who haven't gone to college also or haven't gone to a four-year college, but they have, you know, art skills that they've worked on for a really long time and they fit because they're they're multidisciplinary artists and they're interested and they've studied up and they know and also they've trained on the job because most of the stuff that like I learned, I learned by asking people and, you know, looking at what they were doing and seeing if they could give me any tips and something I was stuck in. So it was like really like the learning curve was pretty steep, but it, it kind of went by in like six months and then it felt like I was like solidly able to work in stop motion after that point. How about you, Casey? Yeah, I totally agree in that, you know, you do learn so much on the job, but I think that, you know, I could have definitely had more information going mm-hmm. into this career path because, sure. you know, that's a big step, especially when you're maybe thinking about moving to some of these hub cities and things like that. So I'm just excited to be able to, you know, participate in some mentorship and, and create this as a resource. So, you know, if you want to pursue this as a hobby, you have, you know, somewhere to start. Or if you find you really want to pursue it further, you know, what would that look like for you? Yes, there are many options and all of them are exciting. But I will second that again. Thank you so much, Cassie. We're so excited to be putting together this podcast and uh, we really appreciate your help in, in getting it there. Yes. Yeah. And and audience, don't listen to how kind they are. Like they did all this on their own. I'm just editing. <laughs> Just editing. Come on. Of course. But yeah, there's so much here. I'm so excited to learn along with the audience as we go through this series because a lot of this is newly to me too. So I'm so excited to get started. And that's one episode in the can. <laughs> You've officially become podcasters. Oh my, oh my gosh. I hope you get like um, patches or something. Aww. Oh, please. <laughs> When you design the logo, let's get patches of the logo. <gasps> All right, I'm in. Merch. We're doing it. Okay. <laughs> Merch, kitty. Yay. Okay, cool. So thanks to everyone listening for uh, joining us on our inaugural episode of the Educational Limited series, Hello, Stop Mo, made in partnership with Animation Wildcard and the Ink and Paint Folk podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for any additional resources mentioned in this episode. And please subscribe, rate, and review to help us reach more listeners. 
Thanks to Ellen Coons and Lee Young for the music in this episode. This series is created and hosted by me, Alexis Dupre. And me, Casey Bolin. And produced by me, Cassie Soliday. To learn more about the people behind this podcast, find us online. You can find me, Casey Bolin, at CatalystCastleStudios.com or at CatalystCastleStudios on Instagram. You can find me, Alexis Dupre, at Threadwood.com or at underscore Threadwood on Instagram and at Threadwood on TikTok. And you can find me, Cassie Soliday, at Cassassi.com or at Cassie Soliday on Instagram and Twitter. You can find out more about the partners behind this podcast at animationwildcard.com and at animationwildcard on Instagram and YouTube. And the Ink and Paint Folk podcast is wherever you listen to podcasts and at Ink and Paint Folk on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Hello Stopmo. Bye. Bye. Hello Stopmo. Hello Stopmo.